Welcome to the Tailored Life Podcast, the one and only fitness and nutrition podcast that goes way beyond just training and nutrition and helps you create a life by design. I'm your host, Cody McBroom, and with me is my co-host, Travis McQueen. Today we got a Q&A. Today we have all of our questions coming from the podcast form. You know what would be cool for you guys to do? Um, I've been writing these down. The listeners? Yeah. Um... Do me a favor. Click the link in the description that says, ask Boom Boom. Is it still that? Ask Cody a question. Yeah, something. Wherever it tells you to ask us a podcast question, give us a an idea or a topic. Because we haven't done one of those in a while, and I think it would be cool. Like, uh, I, I really like doing, like, top 10 blank, you know, or, like, somebody asked a question, and I, I almost wanted to do a whole podcast on it where they were like, what are your, your top exercise for – hamstrings quads and like shoulders i think it was right but like imagine if we did my favorite exercise my top three exercises for every muscle group and we just like did part one part two or something like that you know um 10 things 10 most common reasons people fuck up their diet or whatever it may be like just cool stuff like that i always think it's fun you know yeah so send us a topic not just a question i mean if you have a question send us that too that's fine but if you have a topic idea throw that in there because i always think that's fun i actually i, I created a new a uh, little note um it's funny when your phone doesn't work and you can't access the internet it's actually that's like a blessing and a curse you know because i was like i have ideas i'm just gonna fucking write ideas down because i was like not driving while doing this i was driving and i didn't have music spotify didn't fucking work and oh, your phone just broke dude verizon just freaking you, you can't even use spotify nothing so like the lte was i down. can no, because I can call people if they're in, like I could call you, right? But LTE. I couldn't call my international client because it couldn't go there. Um, but I had no data. So I could call you through cellular. Yeah, LTE is the data, yeah. Internet didn't work though. Huh. No internet that and sucks. that's Spotify. Yeah, it was really annoying. Um, I did. I do have a radio, so I guess I could have listened to that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but it's like... Uh, it's a double edged You know, like you're pissed, but then you're like kind of sitting there and you're driving, and then you're just like you're just thinking. And then I started like thinking of like topics that I we should be touching on and like ideas for the podcast. And I have this like huge list of why I was waiting in traffic to go to the barber of like everything we could do. So if you guys have more topics for me, obviously send them in. But I think they could be universal because there was a few of them that I was like, we could easily do a podcast on this, but this we could create like a, a quick YouTube video on this one or do both. You know, um, so send them in, guys. We want to hear from you. Yep. Fill out the form. Cool. All right. We will get right into it. The first question is coming from Carrie. It says, can you talk about low testosterone in men? My husband was recently told by a doctor that he has low t- testosterone, but he's too cheap to get the shots. Hmm. Any way to raise it through diet or exercise, anything he can do to improve it. He's not overweight, but he's 42 years old, and I need him to step it up. If you know what I mean. Oh, oh my God, Carrie. All right. <laughs> oh, my God, Carrie. <laughs> ah, all right. Well, um, so I actually went through a, a phase where I was like, uh, and this, this doesn't necessarily have anything to do with testosterone, but I actually think the placebo effect might cause a testosterone increase or Carrie just might feel like it does because yeah. it might be more manly if that's what we're talking about here. I actually don't know what we're talking about here when she says step it up because I'm like, is it like this is a fitness podcast or are we talking about something else? You know, we'll just assume all the above. But one thing I did, I was like, you know what, babe, talking to my wife, 
I need to do more manly shit. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and she was kind of confused. And I was like, well, I don't really do anything except work. And that is my, it's my passion. So I don't have any problem with that. Like, I don't do any man shit. Like, I don't know how to build. I, I don't, like, cut wood on my spare time, you know? <laughs> we don't have a wood-burning fire yeah. anyway. But I was like, I'm going to, like... Pour some concrete. Yeah, just do something. I don't know, like, throw on a flannel and go help people build shit <laughs> in my spare time. No, I, uh, I bought a few bottles of whiskey, a bunch of cigars, and a gun. And I instantly felt more manly. Mm. And uh, I've actually come to really enjoy cigars. That is mm. for one thing. Um, I don't smoke anything else, so it's actually like a nice little like cap to the week on like Sundays or Saturdays smoking a cigar. Um, so I've been liking that. Whiskey is definitely hit or miss. I feel like whiskey is a very particular um, taste. You know what I mean? Like, do, are you a big whiskey guy? Called acquired. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely not. Yeah, I didn't think so. Rum. Um, some whiskey, I, I drink on the rocks, love it. Some, I'm like, I got to pour like something in it. And I actually started learning more about it too, but it's, I think, I mean, it depends if it's uh, actually like real whiskey or, I mean, bourbon or scotch is yeah. technically what we're, the differences are. Um, but anyway, uh, step one, do some man shit, you know, go shoot some gun, throw some axes, chop some wood, wear a flannel, grow a beard. Never know what will happen. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Um, next, uh, the shot is really not expensive. I mean, if you really think about it, I don't think – I mean, most prescription medicine is not really that expensive, you know? Yeah. Um, obviously, it depends on where you go. There's a lot of good companies inside the fitness realm that, that focus on um, hormonal replacement and hormonal therapy for men and women – of all kinds, not just testosterone. Um, and I've referred a couple clients to revive. So, um, I want to say revive is a very general term. So I know there's other companies called revive, but I, I don't know if it's revive medical revive hormonal, but whatever, they're a good company. Um, I've, I was referred to them from, uh, a good friend of mine to refer my clients to, and they've been happy with them. Um, and for what I know, it's really not that expensive and it's, it's definitely uh, been a game changer for some people. So, um, obviously you can look into that if, if that's the, the route that is needed. The truth of the matter is there really isn't that much you can do to significantly increase testosterone in order to change uh, or uh, step it up, so to speak. Mm -hmm. um, because like, here's the thing is like, number one, and I still think before you go the hormonal replacement route, you should just Check off all your boxes and, you know, dot your eyes, cross your T's. So looking at that, number one, sleep. If somebody is complaining about low testosterone levels and they're getting five to six hours of sleep a night, Start get there. seven to eight. Yeah, get seven to eight hours of sleep. If somebody's complaining about uh, testosterone levels and they're not strength training, start strength training. Uh, testosterone levels temporarily plummet when you strength train, actually. Um, they can decrease depending on what kind of training you're doing. Uh, but there's a, it's kind of like a swing. It's like a super compensation effect. So you will see a, an increase in a surge of testosterone increase long-term because of growth hormone and other things. Um, and on top of that, building muscle is obviously going to promote better testosterone and then better and higher testosterone is going to promote more muscle growth. So it's kind of a cycle, right? Never ending cycle. Um, you can take supplements. So ashwagandha is one. You can take like forskolin. Um, there's a few others that may contribute to it. You can also take things that may contribute to neurological stress because stress can reduce testosterone levels. Um, so for example, um, or anything you're deficient in even. So like uh, First Form has a product called Night Tea. I take it every single day, not too it's necessarily. A it's a pill, yeah. Mm. I know you would think it's like 
tea. Yeah, but it's night tea for like testosterone. Because oh. um, it's a testosterone booster. I'm not a huge fan of like testosterone boosters in general. So I don't think they really work, to be honest with you. You're not going to take a pill and all of a sudden have like super high testosterone levels. It's just a fact. But that shit puts me to sleep every, every night. I love it. But there is also, there's melatonin in it. Um, there's magnesium in it. So if you look at some of the things, it's like, okay, well, you know, there's GABA, which is a neurotransmitter. These things are going to help promote better sleep, better recovery from a muscular and neurological and a nerve perspective, all of which is going to promote better recovery, better sleep, better muscle tissue. Those things are going to contribute to uh, muscle growth. There's also zinc in it, and zinc has been shown to increase testosterone. But the the disclaimer here is zinc only increases testosterone if you are deficient in zinc, because being deficient in zinc can decrease testosterone levels. Mm. So you could go get tested to see, but also most people don't eat so much zinc in their diet that if you take a zinc in a supplement, it's going to cause any issues. So I would just say, just do it. Like there's nothing wrong with it. Taking something like night tea can be helpful for recovery, sleep, and if you are deficient in zinc. Boom, you fix that problem, and then that could help your testosterone levels. Ashwagandha has been shown to help with testosterone levels potentially. Um, it's been shown to uh, be better with reducing cortisol levels and stress management and anxiety, which all of which can potentially contribute to better uh, testosterone levels, especially if you know, you're taking it at night. That's something I take every single night. It's just a way to wind down. Um, so that's a good one. Um, forskolin has been talked about, but it's not like something that's – Again, none of the supplements in isolation, unless you're super deficient in something like zinc, they're not going to be this game changer that boosts your testosterone. It's just not the case. But if you're eating a diet that has, you know, so actually there's another point. If you're in a deficit, that can cause lower testosterone levels. Like I guarantee my testosterone levels are starting to sink a little bit because I've been in a diet now for a little bit. And you can tell like now this is the first week where I started noticing like some fatigue and some hunger and cravings. And I'm like, okay, the deficit's starting to get to me. That's typically the sign that like, you know, things are starting to go downhill, which is normal. It's just part of it. But if your husband's under eating constantly, stop under eating. Um, if your husband's not training enough, start training more to build muscle. Um, you can supplement with some of these things just to replace de deficiencies and potentially manage stress and recovery better, which could contribute to testosterone levels as well. Um, uh, creatine isn't necessarily going to boost testosterone, but it does boost DHT and DHT is a inhibitor of testosterone. It's an androgen receptor. Um, that could potentially help, but it's also going to help build muscle and recovery. So that could lead to it indirectly as well. Um, if your diet isn't having enough saturated fats, that can cause it. Most people have too much saturated fat. So it's really rarely an, uh, an issue unless, and I, I don't know your husband. So unless they're, they're dieting, a, a big problem that happens with people in the fitness space is that they're in a deficit. So they have lower fats and then they focus on quote unquote healthy fats, which typically ends up being like, how hey, many eat like lean meats. So there's low fat. And then they have like olive oil, avocado, in like nut butter as like their main sources, really common, all really healthy. And like, if we're trying to stay lean, monounsaturated fats are actually a really good route to go. However, if you have a very low saturated fat intake, it will directly impact your testosterone mm. levels. And there's been research to show uh, on a diet compared to like low saturated versus a moderate to high saturated fat diet, the moderate to high saturated fat diet does have an increased testosterone level. Gotcha. Um, but it, there's diminishing returns. So like, for example, if you're having uh, 50 grams of fat a day, and you're having 20% of it coming from saturated fats, let's say. These are random numbers. And you go, oh, well, this improved my testosterone. I'm going to have 70 grams of fat. I'm going to add another 20 grams of saturated fat. It's not going to like just supercharge your testosterone. Yeah. You're just going to gain fat. So 
it's not like more is better. It's just that you need enough, right? So saturated fat in the diet is going to be very helpful as well. Um, and then the last but not least, like the only other natural thing is having sex very often. Like, I mean, obviously that's going to contribute to it. But also if you have very low testosterone levels, you probably don't have libido that's going to encourage you to have sex very yeah. often. So Motivate you. Exactly. So um, big list of natural things. The problem is, is these are all like, they're, they're small differences. You know what I mean? Like I, I think like what I've done with clients, I've had many clients that have uh, gone the medical route for testosterone as well as uh, thyroid or other hormones, even like progesterone, estrogen, like things like that. They have to go to the doctor because they're, they have imbalances. And we try every little thing first before they go that route. And the reality is, is that they just don't work that well if you're too big in a hole. You know, like there's some people where you catch it soon enough and we're like, hey, we're going to do all these natural things and it does work. And then other people, it just doesn't work, right? Um, and for some people, it's a matter of just losing body fat too. If you have too much body fat on your body, you're, you will see a decrease in your testosterone even if you have optimal everything I just talked about. Um, and if you have too low of body fat levels, you'll also see a decrease. There's a sweet spot of body fat storage and level on your body as well to have optimal ranges of testosterone. So it really depends um, on a lot of things, you know, and the, the crazy part too is, is the, the reference range is very different as well. So for example, if somebody, if somebody has totally fine testosterone levels, but they're depressed about something different, they're still not going to want to train or have sex. So it's going to seem like they have low testosterone levels, but they're just fucking depressed and they need to work on their mindset and their mental health more than anything. Not supplementing with ashwagandha and yeah. forskolin to try to increase their testosterone, right? So you got to read into it more to see what's really going on. Um, and then just know that the reference range is very random. So like, I think the reference range is like 200 or 250 to 800, 900 or something like that. Like, and if you're in this range of testosterone, like you're healthy, which is ridiculous because it's very, very, very rare to see anybody above a thousand naturally. And that would mean you basically have like 200, like you're normal unless you have like super fucking high testosterone or really, really low. To me, that's not right. Like I think the reference range, the average should be like 400 to 600. You know, and then anything above that is amazing. Anything below that is you have low because it's that's a huge range, right? Um, and on top of that, everybody's different. There's people who have uh, levels of 300 that feel amazing and feel like they have high testosterone. And there's other people who have 300 and they feel like dog shit. And there's people who have 800 and they still feel like dog shit because everybody is different mm. and it's very individualized. And I've heard doctors and medical professionals even speak on this. I wonder what, like what determines if they feel like shit at 800. Uh, most likely, I mean, symptoms of low testosterone. So for men, uh, a big one is motivation. Testosterone is what generally creates a competitive edge in men. It's like documented in research that motivation will, or I'm sorry, testosterone will literally create more motivation for you. And it's going to drive that competitive edge or competitive feel for a male. Um, so when men have low testosterone levels, they are very unmotivated to go do things to work hard and stuff. And one of the ways I've heard it described that, that is really easy to understand is that testosterone helps men, uh, feel a sense of reward when they work hard. So it almost makes you feel satisfied from hard work. So you, you essentially like the guy, like if you watch like motivational speakers or like athletes or people that like, they just do hard shit they probably have healthy testosterone levels because 
you have to like, you don't have to have high testosterone levels, but high testosterone levels are going to help you want to do that to get the feeling afterwards of the reward of working hard or going through hard shit. Right. Um, and that was a testosterone specialist I heard talk about that and describe it that way. Um, another thing is obviously sex drive. So, uh, wanting to have sex often, um, morning wood is obviously a big indicator, um, progression in the gym. Um, you know, Male pattern baldness has gone back and forth of like whether or not that means testosterone issues. But there's also like some stuff that talks about, uh, I mean, like steroid users having baldness from having too much testosterone. You know what I mean? So, and a lot of times it's because of the DHT receptors that I talked about earlier. So, um, if you have really high levels of DHT, depending on where the receptors are on you, you could even get, you could go bald or you can get hairy. Like, so you can have really full, thick head of hair and probably not a very thick beard or vice versa. You go bald and have a thick ass beard because usually DHT receptors are either or, um, I don't know the mechanisms behind it, but I do know that usually when you jack them up, it's kind of like luck of the draw. You're going to get thick beard, no hair or <laughs> thick hair, no beard. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of symptoms and signs that you could be looking for. Um, if you have low testosterone levels, I would try everything you can, but like, I can tell you this too, if you buy the the like any kind of like complex supplement that is going to give you like the zinc and the melatonin all those kind of things you buy ashwagandha you are uh paying for training you are dialing in your diet like by the time you do all the things i listed you're going to be spending just as much as you would on a prescription right so i still recommend going that route first but just know that if you've waited too long and you're 40 50 60 like Sometimes the, t- the TRT route's the only route. Yeah. And, it, and it's also normal. Like, there's a reason why testosterone decreases over time. Because if your testosterone is too high, you age faster. You die sooner, literally. So this is why a lot of metabolic processes do slow down once we pass the age of 60, is because your metabolism is speeding things up, right? So everything's going faster and growing and turning and changing. Well, if they slow that process down, you don't age as fast, yeah. right? It's why... You see a seventh grader go home after uh, seventh grade and then he comes back to eighth grade and he's like got a deeper voice. He grew three inches and you're like, what the fuck? That happened so quick. Yeah. He's got hair under his armpits and shit. Like it's because testosterone went up puberty and he grew because things are going faster. So there's a reason why it decreases. Um, Never experienced that. Yeah. Well, puberty? <laughs> no, I definitely did puberty. Any of the above? But seventh to eighth grade, I was like deep. I was still short. Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, that's, I mean, that's, that's my two cents on it. There's obviously there's a lot there, but I think that, um, you know, there's, I think up until a certain age, I think it makes a lot of sense to try to go the natural route unless you have some kind of very specific disorder that causes it. Cause there are some people that have had traumatic issues. Uh, the head injuries are the main one that I would be aware of. And, uh, you can damage your hypothalamus. That doesn't send the signal to your testes, pituitary gland to actually produce testosterone so if you have something like that i don't care how many supplements you take there's something wrong in your brain that is causing the signal to not be sent but if it's age related that's where you have to go like okay like do i want to increase this to have a better quality of life because you do like i mean if you're lacking motivation happiness sex drive because you're getting older do you want to just accept that or do you want to take something i mean that's your own judgment yep so i'm not for or against i think it's all situational it all depends yeah yeah Cool. All right. Uh, next one is going to come from Linda. It says, I'm going on vacation for many months, and all my life I've felt tied to the identity of dialing in and, dialing, 
exercise. I know this new chapter in my life will be expansive for me, but I can't help but feel scared of losing all my fitness stamina, gaining a ton of weight, and losing my aesthetic figure. It's become who I am. It's what I feel like I've kept under my belt day in and day out. I'd love some words of reassurance from you. I know there's more in life than working out and dieting. Um... Listen, Linda, you, uh, the, you're not going to lose any game. I mean, there's, there's twofold here. Like one, you didn't tell us how long it is. I can't imagine. She she said vacation, right? She said, I'm going on vacation for many months. That's a long fucking vacation. I mean, I don't know what many means, but many weeks to me is like, oh, you're going for a month, two months, three weeks. Yeah. Like that's a long time. (laughs) Yep. If you're going on vacation for a month or more, kudos to you. Like, yeah. You're crushing it. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. That's a long time. Um, I went for three weeks and I came back and hardly knew how to do my job. <laughs> I mean, you're just, you get in vacation mode for way too long yeah. and you're like, holy hell. Did I go to Vegas for four days and I'm like, I don't know what's going on yeah. happening. I mean, Vegas is a different story, obviously, but. Um, Bad example. <laughs> yeah. Horrible example. But I've never gone anywhere else for longer than Vegas. I've gone to Vegas for four nights, five days one time and it was a bad decision. Yeah. Was that Dustin's patch party? Did we go for that many days? I think it was three nights. I don't know. Yeah, three nights. Yeah. Um, anyway. Yeah, I can't I can't do vacation for that long personally. But like most of the time, like number one, it takes a long time to seriously lose muscle and strength. One thing to remember is that strength is mainly neurological. So in some regards, it's kind of like riding a bike. You're You're going to always kind of possess that skill to do the movement patterns under load. Can you go as heavy? No, because you are going to need to readapt to some of those loads. So you're going to see a reduction in weight, but you take a, a two weeks off, you're going to see a reduction in load. And it's not because you're not as strong. It's because you're, you're trying to kind of like remember how to create that tension and stability to brace and perform that movement. Um, but you still know how to do the movement. And then with muscle tissue, it takes usually takes longer than people realize. I want to say like most research shows, it takes at least a few weeks to start seeing any type of actual atrophy happen. And it's so small that you really won't notice it until months, like probably like a month or two into not training at all. And the studies done on this to see how much muscle tissue you lose when you're taking rest are like, this person is bedridden for three months. So for somebody who's going on vacation and still going on walks, maybe does some push-ups in the morning squat, like it's not a good example because they're still eating enough. They're probably going to be mindful. If you're that fit and you've been to fitness, you're going to be mindful about eating enough protein, I'm assuming. You're, if you're like any other fitness person that goes on vacation, you always get your steps in. Like I, every time I go on vacation or anything, I'm always like going for a walk or like stretching when I get a second or moving more because when you're not in the gym, you feel like that urge to just like just train your body a little bit, and even if it's like spurts here and there. Um so you're going to maintain muscle better than the people that are shown in the study. Um, on top of that, if you actually train while you're on vacation, which I still would recommend because it's going to be better to maintain anything. And if you, obviously you really care about it, you should probably do that. You literally need 50% at the absolute most of your volume, right? There was a study that showed one eighth of your volume, but I don't trust that because I don't think the participants in the study were good examples of highly trained individuals maintaining muscle. But even if we take that as like an indicator that you need far less training volume to maintain the muscle tissue you have, then we know for a fact that 
50% is probably going to be plenty of volume in order to continue maintaining the muscles that you have. So if you need to do half of what you did, let's say you're training five days a week, that means you go into the gym two or three days in the hotel gym, two, three days a week, do some full body training just to stimulate your muscles. It's literally like, can you just fire your muscles every few days? You can go in the gym and do two sets of squats, two sets of RDLs, two sets of presses, two sets of rows, maybe an extra two sets of rows on a vertical pattern, and then you're good. You hit every muscle just a little bit, you know, and that is enough of a stimulus every couple of days, and it's not going to take long that you would be able to maintain your muscle. Mm-hmm. So um, from a scientific perspective, I think you don't have to overthink it. Like, it's actually totally fine. The other thing to consider, too, is that there's different phases and stages of our life. You should embrace the stage you're in because – you know, I know for me personally, like if I was going on, like I, my life doesn't condone this, so I never will. Um, mainly because I have a responsibility to the team and, and everything. But let's say like me and Shannon, were going to go on a fucking like, uh, what's that movie with Julia Roberts? Eat, pray, love. You know what I'm talking about? You're hor- I don't know why I'm asking you. I have no idea what you're talking about. Do you know who Julia Roberts is? Yes. Okay. So there's that movie where she, I think she breaks up. So I've actually never seen it. I just know it's a very famous chick flick. Um, eat, pray, love. Yep. So she goes to like India or something and like other places and just travels the world. And she's like, what's her job? Just, you know what I mean? Uh, she's like soul searching, right? Going on soul searching. If I was just like, you know what? I'm going to go on a three month fucking trek to search my soul. Um, I would probably not really train, you know, like if something came up, like I was in a third world country and they wanted to put like these kids were playing soccer, I'd probably run up and kick the ball. Like that would be my activity, you know, or like we go on a hike this day or whatever it is like, because I'm going for a different purpose and I'm going to embrace that journey. Right. When I get back, I will get back to training, you know, like it's not going to kill me to be gone. I'm not going to lose all of my muscle tissue. I mean, you even think about, I guess it's a bad example. I was going to say, like, we were talking to Greg Wells about soldiers having to, like, think about how to maintain muscle when they're gone because they don't get to, like, literally train. Sometimes they're camped out. and Sometimes they're just – but they're still backpacking and walking with heavy loads. But my point is, is, like, part of what makes training so fucking exciting for a lot of us, especially at the beginning, is the journey of change. At the beginning, you see so much change and newbie gains, and you're, like, you're you're re-stimulating your body, and you're sore, and you're trying to tweak things in your nutrition to change how you feel and recover and hydrate – you get to relive that when you come back. You know what I mean? So if you like, if you do too much training to try to avoid losing what you've gained while you're gone, you're not only going to distract yourself from taking in the journey that you're on right now and really taking every piece of the experience that you possibly can, but you're also going to come back and be kind of like right where you're at and you don't get that exciting fulfillment of restarting your journey. So I even told, uh, last time I talked to Jackson because he had that injury, he can't train um, until June, which isn't too far away now. But for somebody like him, to be like, I can't train from fucking, it was like March to June. I mean, that's a, that's crazy. That's a buzzkill. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like he, I mean, he's, that's all he does. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it would, that would crush me too. But I told him, I was like, man, this might be a weird way to look at it, but I'm kind of excited to see your comeback. Like for to see you get all amped up and get back in the gym and see how you do it and how you're like kind of reapproaching your training and everything that you've had time to sit back and think. Um, and he kind of lit up and he was like, I know, I've thought about that too. I'm going to try some new stuff and I'm excited to get some like newbie gains for a little bit. It's a cool, cool aspect of it, you know? So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think number one, scientifically speaking, you're going to be fine. Like I wouldn't worry about it. Eat enough protein, get some steps in, do some exercise at random. Uh, but number two, enjoy the phase of your life that you're in. Take all that in. And then when you get back, jump back into that. Touche. I love um, it. I love it. All right, cool. Next one will come from Elizabeth. 
It says, what is the greatest challenge with a client that you have been able to overcome? That I have been or haven't? That you have. Um, yeah, the uh, I will forever think of the same exact client in the same exact situation for the rest of my life because I don't think I'm ever going to run into a circumstance or a story as serious as this. Um, we did like a mini... I mean, it's not a documentary, it's a YouTube video, but um, on Terry. Do you remember Terry? Yeah. Back in the day, yeah. I used to train. Um, we did a video with Jean on her and her story and stuff, so maybe I can try to find that. Um, but long story short, um, Terry came to the gym, and she. Uh, I took the strategy session, so I sat down with her in the office, and, and I was a personal trainer at the time in person, and she uh, she wanted to start training, and I had asked her, you know, like, when was the last time? Like, what are you doing right now? That's always, like, one of my questions when I'm talking to somebody. It's like, what are you currently doing with your training and nutrition? Because that determines how I'm going to manipulate your training and nutrition, right? Uh, and she wasn't doing anything. And I'm like, okay, like, why? I don't, I do not like the gym, okay? Why don't you like the gym? And she had a very, very, very traumatic situation. Um, and I feel like she would be fine with me sharing this. Number one, I'm not giving details on her name really. And she did a video about it and she, so she was comfortable after she accomplished her goal. She was fine with it. Um, but when she was in high school, she was a, a track athlete and she was a very, very good track athlete and she was harassed in the gym by the football team. And so, um, pretty fucked up. They would like throw like the five pound plates at her. And like when she would be like, like doing something, they would like slide the plates off her bar or anything. Like they would just harass her, just dickhead football players way back in the day, probably in like 80s or something um and that kind of just carried on and so she began to resent the gym obviously she was training the gym to try to be better at track right and then she was at a party um and she ended up getting gang raped by i don't know if it was the whole football team but plenty of fucking people yeah you know on the football team and so you can imagine going through a traumatic thing like that you don't want to be around men at all you don't want to be around the gym because that's where it all started you don't want to be on a field or a track or anything so you don't want to be at parties, anything like that, right? So she went through some pretty intense uh, situations in her life, and she came in, and she told me all of this day one. I was just like, fuck, like this is – at the time, I was like, this is above my – Pay grade. Yeah, like I don't have any experience in this world. I was a young trainer. Yep. Um, and it actually even got worse. She ended up like getting married, and then her uh, husband was abusive in more ways than one and would like lock her in a room. Like it just crazy. So she actually had to s- escape from her. Like it was nuts. She had very, very crazy stories um, that like literally just bring you to tears. Like you don't even want to hear somebody talk about it. But it was to the point where, I mean, she feared men. She had every right to, you know? And so we're in the gym, bunch of dudes. We can't tell people in the gym to stop doing what they're doing or stop banging weights around or screaming because they're amped up and she didn't want them to she was like i'm coming here to overcome all of that and it was pretty crazy because it's it's powerful she so she had pretty kyphotic posture so she had her shoulders were pretty rolled forward so i already knew i like from a functional perspective i really had to work on um her posture and strengthen her posterior chain she had really really weak glutes and hamstrings which is not what you want if you want to be an athletic individual. And the craziest part about all of it is that's what she wanted. Not only an athletic individual, she wanted to try out and make the uh, professional woman's football team in Seattle. Literally, Seattle Rain is what they're called. Majestics. Majestics, there you go. Um, Seattle Rain is, I think... Come on. Is it? What is it? (laughs) Do you know? Basketball. Okay. That's not what I was thinking. (laughs) Um, No, Storm is basketball. 
Oh, Rain is right below that. No, prior to the name change, it was uh, Rain, Seattle Rain. So and it turned into Storm. Okay, the reason I pause and want to say it is because, especially given what we're talking about right now, um, there was a, remember Laundry Football League? Yeah, pretty sure Seattle Rain was became Laundry Football. Oh, yeah, that's why I was like, I don't know what that is, but so she wanted to make the Seattle Majestics, and I'm like, okay, hold on. So you don't train, you have PTSD of the gym and of football fields and of football players and you want to start training here and you want to overcome this mental block and then try out and make a football team wow. which is a sport you've never played yeah i'm like dude there's like what the fuck am i supposed to do here you know yeah. there's no way so i said yes <laughs> i agreed to it and i was like and i was honest with her. i was like look like this is like this is out of my realm as far as experience goes i've never worked with anybody like this before but i can tell you this right now i don't know if you're going to find anybody who has like, this is new territory. Um, if you like it here and you feel comfort with me personally, then I will absolutely try my best to guide you through this journey. And she, for whatever reason, was like, I don't know why or what it is, but I do. Like, I feel comfortable with you, and mm-hmm. I want to go through it. And so we started training, and it was a really, really crazy – I mean, we wor- worked together for like a year and a half before she tried out and fucking made the team. Damn. <laughs> yeah, nuts, dude. Um, she played a season and was like, yeah, I'm done. Like, I did it. It wasn't something she just wanted to keep pursuing and pursuing and pursuing. She was just like, this is just what I want to accomplish. Um, she was a writer as well. So I think she wanted to get back to writing and, and yeah. stuff like that. But, um, and she would be, I mean, that would make a novel if she wrote her story. Um, so hopefully that's what maybe she's doing. But um, cause I haven't talked to her in years now. But she, we went through training. We did a lot of pusher stuff. But there was times, man, where we'd be in the gym and she would start having a PTSD moment. And I remember being with another client and then looking over and she would be in like one of the group conditioning classes or something. And she would be like in the corner, like holding her head, like freaking out. And people are just kind of standing around like, what is going on? Cause they don't know. Yep. And it was like, I literally would have to like run over there and like put my hand on a certain part of her shoulder. So it wasn't like threatening. Cause that's what we agreed. And she would like recognize that and like talk to her in a way that talked her down. Like it was, it was really, really fucking nuts. But one of the most rewarding things ever. Yeah. It's bet. like the, the craziest thing to overcome yeah. as a coach and a client. And she, she lost like 30, 40 pounds, started deadlifting a ton of weight. She was getting super strong. We were doing sprints on the weekend stuff. She ended up making the team and she had this crazy life changing story, you yeah. know? And, um, it definitely hit her hard when I left the gym yeah. to pursue my passion and my, my business. Uh, but, and that was probably the hardest, probably the hardest client to leave only because I knew everybody else would be fine. Yeah. I was like, even if you don't want me to go because you're attached to me as a person, like I get it, but I know you'll be okay with somebody else, you know? Um, but yeah, that that was definitely, and I don't think I'll ever have a situation that tops it. I've had some crazy transformations. I've had some people um, tell me that that I fixed their marriage and stuff, and, and at the end of the day, I didn't do shit for their marriage. I'm not a therapist or a marriage counselor, but I helped them be happier, be more motivated, be more fit, be more enthusiastic, give a shit a little bit more. I gave them some advice on maybe just showing a little more appreciation here and there. Easy stuff, but when you're held accountable to actually doing it, it's a game changer. Yeah. You know, like, I don't do anything crazy for my relationship, but, like, people would be surprised at how how much it affects a relationship in a positive way to just say, I love you, I appreciate you, thank you for this, I'm grateful for this, more often. Yeah. Like, if you just do one of those every day, it takes you 30 seconds, it's so fucking easy, but it creates so much more appreciation in the relationship. So just holding people accountable of doing stuff like that, um, people getting like promotions for their job, which again, I didn't do, but when you feel better, you look better, you have better energy, better confidence. Every time you step in the office, you produce more, dude, it just rubs off on people. Right. 
And if those people are your superiors who are going to give you that promotion, you're rubbing off on the right people. Um, But that story with Terry is just always going to be the one that's like, man, that is, it's crazy. Yeah. So that is definitely the, the most crazy thing to overcome. I'm sure people were probably expecting like a hormone issue or something like, you know, crazy. Um, A little more than that. Yeah. I love it. Okay. So we'll go to the next one. It comes from uh, Alan Roche. It says, if you don't get significant protein intake during a bulk, will you put on any fat or will the bulk be a waste? That's a really good question. Um, in a way, yes. I mean, I think it depends why you're bulking. You know what I mean? Like, so I, I think of two scenarios right here. So I used to train, uh, like when I first started, they would give me a lot of the kids that were like there for the summer because they didn't have basketball practice. So their parents would pay for them to get training during, you know what I mean? To somewhat off season, but somewhat also like daycare to be honest with you, because they would come an hour early, kick it, hang out, walk around, grab a protein shake, foam roll. We trained, and they'd hang out, and their parents would finally come. And it was dope. I think it was a great environment for them to be in. So it's it was, a great daycare. Yeah, and I mean, it's it, – I mean, shit, it's just expensive as daycare now. Yeah. <laughs> daycare is ridiculously expensive. Um, but it was such a good environment for these, like, 7th and 8th and ninth graders to be in, you know? But um, I remember some, for example, that it was like – uh, I can think of one specifically. Um, I can think of a few specifically in different sports. But for example, like a basketball player who's really scrawny. He's like, man, my handling skills are great, but I just get fucking pushed around because mm-hmm. I'm so scrawny. I don't think we could waste a bulk because a kid like that's not going to put on a bunch of fat. That's going to be like he's playing basketball and training so much that he's going to burn enough calories where he's not storing too much fat. And even if he added 10 pounds of fat, but it just put a little more weight on him to like hold his ground. It would be a benefit. Yeah. So yeah, he, even if he didn't get enough protein, he, he, you know, he wouldn't be building as much muscle as he could, but it wouldn't be a waste because he'd still be accomplishing what he wanted, which wasn't a bodybuilder's physique. It was being able to stand my ground when a bigger player comes up and pushes me around. Right now, if that same person was 28 years old instead of 14 and they're like, I don't play any sports. I just want to get jacked. I don't know if it, I would consider it necessarily a waste, but it definitely wouldn't be optimal. Like, I, I feel like it's also one of those things where it's like, it's an ironic question because in what situation possible does somebody intentionally do what's required for a bulk without trying to get enough protein? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, hey, I'm committed to the gym. I'm committed to getting my hydration, my sleep, uh, my food intake, except protein. Not going to eat protein. <laughs> like, even like a, a vegan, I could see that. But at the same time, they wouldn't say it that way. They would be like, I just don't want to eat animal sources. I'm like, okay, we just have to have different sources of protein. If anything, they're more committed because they know they have to get a little bit more specific with their diet to meet the, the requirements to grow muscle. So very unlikely. But um, yeah, it probably wouldn't be a good idea. So uh, would it be a waste? Maybe, depending on the situation. The other part of the question was just... Will you put on fat? Yeah, you will definitely put on more fat. Um so calorie, so fat and carbs can be uh, what's called protein sparing. What this means is that if I go into a bulk, I don't need as much protein. So for example, I eat 200 grams of protein a day right now, um, and I'm in a deficit, losing fat. I could push that up even higher. Anywhere between 200 to 225 is going to be around one 
1.2, I think, to 1.5 grams per pound. If I was going into a surplus, usually becomes unnecessary because carbs are protein sparing, which means I don't need as much protein if my carbs are super high. But if I'm on a calorie deficit, I can almost guarantee that my carbs or my fats, they're not super high because I'm in a calorie deficit. Therefore, protein's more of a, a, a requirement. So would you put on fat? Potentially, if you're in a surplus, yes. However, I would say it's more than likely you're just not going to build as much muscle. So I think it's it's less about like you're going to put way more fat on if you have a high calorie diet and you're bulking without enough protein. It's more like you're going to put on weight and it's probably going to be less weight and, and less of it is going to be muscle. Because if you had the same exact intake but you added protein, you were probably going to potentially put on the same amount of fat if you're in a bulk, maybe a little bit less, but you're going to build a lot more muscle. And the only way that you're going to build or put on a lot less fat is if your body responds in a really thermic way, uh, thermogenic way, because protein is highly thermogenic. So there's studies that show people going into a surplus just via protein, getting 400 extra calories a day, and they actually lose fat. But it's also not a bulking study. It's a maintenance study. So what they do is they have two groups at maintenance, and they take one of the groups, and they put them in a 400-calorie surplus by adding an extra extra 100 grams of protein over what's required. So they're eating like – it would be like me eating 300 grams of protein, completely unnecessary. But they showed no fat accumulation, right? And some people argue about this. Um, I've heard also, I've heard research talk about there's really no storage component for um, protein. So protein acts as a way to help fuel the recovery and rebuilding process, but it doesn't really have a storage component, right? Carbohydrates get stored in glycogen pockets. So we have glycogen storage in our liver, liver glycogen. We have glycogen stored in our muscle tissue. We even have glycogen storage in our brain and we use it as fuel. There's fat storage components, obviously, body fat, right? Um, we have really nowhere else to do with it. Your your brain will store fat in order to use as fuel if we're depleted of carbohydrates, but most of us aren't just completely depleted unless we're on keto. Um, there's also a lot of fat tissue in your brain. Your brain is pretty fucking fatty, but it doesn't mean you just keep storing it. Otherwise, your brain would just keep growing and you'd have this huge fucking head, right? It's just that your brain uses extra fat as fuel once you're depleted of carbs. But knowing that we have all these components to store fat or carbs is great because we can utilize them for fuel or storage. But protein, it's a very inefficient fuel source because there's no storage component. It has to go through gluconeogenesis, which is changing it from a protein amino acid into a glucose molecule to, to use as fuel. It's very inefficient um, as, a, as a fuel source. And there's no storage component because it gets used. It gets used to rebuild tissue and, and process functions in the body and when it's not used it just gets excreted that's why in those studies they're they're usually more gassy they're peeing a ton because they're pissing out the nitrate yeah and those uh i'm sure (laughs) i just thought of like they're super bloated and gassy which is common i'm thinking of that uh infrared camera thing where they're filming people's farts and like the gas you can see (laughs) dude that's probably nitrogen inside of people's gas when they fart yeah I mean, literally, that's probably what it is. Because if you breathed air, it's probably not that way. But if you put something in your mouth first, you just yeah. swallowed something, and you breathe out, and you could see it, it's Absolutely. probably got yeah. nitrogen in there, right? Yeah. Um, it's why you can also probably see sweat on those kind of things because yeah. there's you're sweating out toxins. Definitely. So, um, point being is is you know like I don't necessarily think you're gonna store more or less fat unless you. It, I mean, it would be this is the only way that I would say yes, you will store more fat is if you had a three thousand calorie diet. 
and this is your surplus to gain muscle. And in one diet, you have 0.5 grams per pound of body weight and protein. And in the other diet, you have one to 1.2 grams per pound, or let's just say one gram per pound, twice as much protein. That means in the, in the group that has one gram per pound, you have less carbs and fats, right? Which means you have less nutrients that actually have a storage component versus the other group has such low protein that they have more carbs and fats. So in that situation, same calories, but different macros, you would. But if it was a matter of like 3,000 calories with protein or 2,500 calories without protein, because you're just yeah. getting the surplus via protein, then you wouldn't store more fat. Um, a lot of like random hypothetical things that probably will never happen because if you're really committed, you're probably going to just get enough protein. Yeah. So at the end of the day, full thumb. Quite just, the hypothetical question. But yeah. Eat your protein. Just don't do that. Yeah. Um, cool. There you go. A um, few quick things, guys. As always, like I said, drop uh, uh, drop us a comment or not a comment, a topic. We just got done filming YouTube. Um, drop a uh, topic or a question in the form. Uh, obviously, you guys have been asking great questions, but if you guys got topics, like I said before, that would be great. That's in the description. Uh, if you want to support the podcast, you can head over to firstform.com slash method, get free shipping, and get some of the best products in the supplement game. If you want to work with us one-on-one, I don't say this enough, but we uh, obviously, this is what we do for a living. We are the best coaching company in the space, in my opinion. I'm a little biased, but uh, we would love to help you out. You can head to tailoredcoachingmethod.com. Uh, at tailoredcoachingmethod.com, you can also find a ton of free shit. We have tons of blogs, videos. Uh, we just updated the podcast page, so you can actually check out more info about the podcast on that page. We have free guides like eBooks and, and webinars and things like that. So head over to the website, check all of that out. Um, and as always, guys, we appreciate you listening and we'll catch you next time. <laughs>